0: It's a Nitro Watch Party here on Kickin' Out at 2 this week, April the 10th, 2019, as we are going to celebrate the 19-year anniversary of one of the most infamous reboots in all of professional wrestling history, when I'm referring to Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo taking over the creative side of WCW and wiping the slate clean on this episode of WCW Monday Nitro from April the 10th, 2000. It was the beginning of the Millionaire's Club. Versus New Blood storyline, so we're gonna sit back and watch that infamous episode on the WWE Network. And uh, like uh, WWE does with their WrestleMania storylines, we're gonna reboot a little bit as well, and uh, you know change things up here on Kicking Out It 2 And thank you all so very much for being a part of the launch of the RetroMania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network that we at Kicking Out It 2 were able to be a part of. Kobe Nida, the Mayor of RetroMania, the original Metro. Retro Maniac, I should say, excuse me, um, along with uh, The Run-In, Cool Down with A.C., Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Hulkamania is Dead, Marking Out the Days, all those great shows are part of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, which you can find over at Podbean. Search for Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over at Podbean, and you can find all of our backlog shows and shows each and every week over at Podbean. All right. Let's get into this crazy edition of WCW Monday Nitro. But before we do that, let's plug our social media, because that's what we do here at Kicking 2. Facebook.com forward slash Kicking two. Hit the like button if you have not already. If you have hit the like button, tell a friend to hit the like button. And be a part of all the fun we
1: got going on over there on Facebook, and as well as our Twitter. Our handle is at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. Same kind of fun we got going on Facebook, we got going on Twitter,
0: but 140 to 220 characters or less depending on who you are uh,
1: you're speaking with. We got all kinds of fun on both our social medias with. Um, Pictures, articles, memes, uh, debates and discussions, uh, archive shows you can find over on our social media as well as SoundCloud.com, and of course, like I mentioned earlier, the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. All right, it's about that time we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're here for. A special Nitro
0: Watch Party, April the 10th, 2000. Find it over on your
1: WWE Network in the Vault section under WCW Monday Nitro. The night that Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo took over the creative behind the scenes and as well as in front of the camera with the New Blood Millionaires Club storyline. And joining me uh, to, to watch this crazy episode of Nitro, uh, to partake in this kicking out of two Nitro Watch Party, is my brother Daryl Rosenbluth. What's going on, man?
2: Uh, pretty good. Pretty good so far.
1: Yeah? Okay. All right. Looking forward to this?
2: Yeah, so pretty much.
1: All right. Well, um, tell me just briefly, uh, what were your thoughts on the New Blood vs. Millionaires Club storyline in WCW in the year 2000?
2: Well, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, um, you know, with Bischoff and, you know, and Russo working together and um, and with all the and uh, well, from, I mean, I might remember some. I mean, like, well,
1: uh, tell me what you remember that you that you you found interesting.
2: Well, from what I remember that night, I mean, watching that they changed the whole uh, storylines and they had all of uh, the wrestlers coming in into the ring, and they've got and they were also the champions and everything, and and they had to uh, have them all vacate them, strip them of their titles and all that, and saying that WCW was. It was like they're trying to get WCW to be reborn and get people to,
1: to watch. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a brand new day, so to speak. Um, no pun intended. Um, all right, well, uh, you know, we're going to watch that. Obviously, that's, that's part of the opening segment, and then, of course, the rest of this Nitro. Um, so uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. Um, as we uh, hope you all found it, uh, April the 10th, uh, 2000, WCW Monday Nitro. Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo let's find it here real quick Nitro episode 238 for those of you that are wondering it goes about 102 minutes Uh, you'll bypass the commercial um, and the the, the television rating, I'll give you guys a little bit of a countdown shortly 5 4 3 2 1 Hit play. Here we see the uh, the the opening with the WCW logo. What did you think of that logo? Because I didn't really like it. I didn't well, like it either. Yeah, I thought it was pretty silly looking. It yeah. was kind of like a like a rip off of like you know the 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 WWF with the Attitude Era logo. They were trying to be a little more edgier. I, don't know, I just thought it was kind of silly and stupid. Yeah, I
2: mean for that you know for what they did you know when they changed it and made this logo a piece of crap. It's like a it's competition for why they did that.
1: Well, yeah, they are trying to compete, and they they, they they couldn't at this time here. Um, as we see, it uh, looks like a pretty pretty packed house uh, in Denver, Colorado, live on WCW Monday Nitro. Um, you know, because this is a, a reboot, so to speak, um, they, they they changed the lookup. They, uh, you know, had like a modernized version of, you know, their set uh the the color scheme with the ropes and the the, the backdrop with the curtains still using the pyro but um it's kind of like a modern twist of the original nitro set where you see the 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 lighting rig and uh pyro in the air and then you see oh geez look at that i let pyro fall on all those guys <laughs> in the ring and there we see the roster chris candido look at that david flair uh Crowbar right there. Who's that guy? I don't know who he is. Well, I don't know either. Yeah, geez. Oh god. Jeez, there's some that I don't even remember. Canyon, Lenny Lane, you see Shane Helms, the Maestro, Lodi, um uh, a couple of the Nitro girls there. I don't even know their names, but uh they look thrilled to be there, especially that one right there. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, Virgil. Virgil's there. Look at that. Last guru. Yeah. Clarence Mason, Meng, yeah. Jamie Ahmed Noble, J- Ahmed Johnson, Stevie Ray. Oh my yeah, god, you see Rick Steiner on the other side. Yeah, we see Molly Holly and
2: Tank Abbott of course. Rick Steiner. And um who's coming out here? Oh, it's it's Big Bad Booty Daddy. Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner and along with uh the Wall.
1: Yeah, the Wall, now yeah. I remember. These look like these look like the, you know, this is this is the, the the guys that are um you know, it looks like that the the eventually the Millionaires Club was going to really uh know portray as like their tops well i wouldn't say van Hammer's a top star they see van hammer but you know most of those guys out of that crew were the were a focal point of the uh the millionaires club um,
2: and, um of course you can see jeff Jarrett coming out
1: you know he's who i consider you know vince russo's guy yeah oh he was definitely a russo guy and you could tell that uh Jarrett was um Jarrett was going to be a uh, Jarrett was going to be a big player to come in WCW, as we see the roster making its way into the ring here. Tori Wilson, Van Hammer, as we're expecting the arrival of that man, with the sign indicates Vince Russo. Um, looks like Jeff Jarrett here is going to lead the charge with his orange silk shirt cut off. I don't know who thought that was a great idea yeah
2: and especially you know his sunglasses matches the shirt of his color
1: yeah I don't know I mean that was that was was the year 2000 those were uh, fashion um, fashion faux pas even back then um yeah, you know, Jarrett addressing this audience. Um, if you remember, the reason why this creative shift was taking place was because WCW's ratings were really starting to get bad. The shows were getting a lot worse, um, which at that point were it wasn't even watchable. Bischoff was already out of power uh back then, um <clears throat> or during this time period before this show, I should say. He was uh he he was he was let go and uh, they brought Russo in and Russo lasted a couple of months and then uh, management thought Russo wasn't doing a good job so they gave him the boot and then they put J.J. J. Dillon and uh, Kevin Sullivan in charge and things just got even worse um, and it was back to, uh, you know Hogan and Flair on top and, you know, um, Sid and uh, just, you know, Sting and Luger I think were focal points of the storylines it just wasn't, you know um, they weren't progressing. They weren't moving forward using a lot of the younger guys. It was back to the older, older guys, and I, I remember this not being very watchable. Um, so I was kind of looking forward to this, and because uh, I didn't have a problem with some of Russo's stuff that he did, um, as I get older now, I can understand why people hate it. But um, he was using a lot of the younger guys, uh, you know, and he was giving them an opportunity. Um, what did you think of uh, Vince Russo? Well
2: well yeah as i mean as you said you know i mean like he, Vince Russo was into the younger guys. Yep. And um you know to Vince Russo i mean like he you know from what he did well in WWE with other people and uh for his time in WCW it, i mean some people i mean like from like the older guys who who were on top i mean like like Hogan, Nash and you know the guys from the Millionaire's Club I mean like we we're probably concerned about how Russo was going to run things, and um, <clears throat> and so uh, I don't know about. I mean, I probably don't know what what to think of Russo. I mean, I, I don't think he was like, you know, the right guy, the right person at the right place at the right time. But he, but when he he probably did have some creative ideas. But some people were just like, really, in a
1: lot of not into him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean. He, he, I think he had some good ideas, but I think the execution wasn't there. I don't think he had a good supporting group of people to bounce other ideas off of. Um, you know, his his heart was in the right place, I think, at times, working with a lot of the younger guys. Um, wanting to go with a lot of the younger guys. And, um, are you saying, yeah, he's talking about how WCW was the good old boys network um, that, that that that's that's a need for a change and he was going to be the guy to do it um you know he 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 took a lot of what he did in WWF and he brought it to WCW and WCW was a different company than WWF where they had standards and practices and and uh you know people to answer to and so um a lot of his stuff couldn't fly or wouldn't fly and plus the political climate in WCW within you know uh The backstage area just wasn't... uh, It wasn't the healthiest, I would say. Um, But, uh, you know, this was rather an interesting take here by having Russo and Bischoff, um, you know, work together behind the scenes. And I think there was hope and promise because bischoff was successful bischoff helped create the nwo and that big storyline there the storyline was Sting and 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 you know changing up his character goldberg he was a he was influential in that diamond dallas page you know um the cruiserweights and their their introduction into wcw bischoff played a big part in that so bischoff had a lot of winning formulas that were that were proven um and maybe pairing him up with Russo, Russo would have gotten some of that creative rub, so to speak, and used some of that in his brand of storytelling and his brand of writing, so to speak. Um here we see basically Russo's just rallying the troops talking about all the uh the, the, the older guys. Um, in WCW and how they're just kind of taking over, so to speak. Um, and he's trying to get the young guys, you know, the opportunity. And now he's being interrupted by his, um, his business partner, so to speak. Uh, Eric Bischoff sporting the gray hair. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Now they tried to make it seem like these two were going to be at odds on screen in this segment. Um, and then eventually we would see them just kind of handshake and hug and, and uh, you know, form an alliance. And this is where the, the beginning stages of the new blood um, came into play. As Bischoff makes his way into the ring. Looks like he's going to confront Russo. And what the hell is Van... Yeah, Van Hammer's really getting some screen time on this Nitro episode. What the fuck's he doing on there? It's yeah, Ridiculous. But- I think he just whispered in Russo's ear and he asked him, are there any big plans for me? Yeah, and that was a big fat no. What oh, was he, in the, the misfits in action? He was a part of that stupid st- stupid group? Yeah. with yeah. Chavo, and oh, there it is right there. Yep. They sealed the deal. They are an alliance. They are a force. To be reckoned with and It looks like everyone's Approving of it But there you see Booker T in the background yeah. Not really sure What to make of it yeah. Well Jeff Jarrett Of course you know Being a Vince Russo guy He's approving it Yep Oh yeah Yeah you see the look On Booker's face He's like what the hell is this But uh Everyone else seems to be Pretty into it Um And, and to be quite honest you, A lot of these guys In the background Uh You know Wouldn't really do a whole lot Following this Um You know You didn't see Uh you didn't see you know, a whole lot of Brian Knobs or some of those luchadors like Parka or El Dandy. Um, you see Finley. Finley, I don't think even really was a big part of the, the storyline going forward. He was one of the older guys, yeah. um, but they didn't use him a whole lot. I believe he was an agent in WCW at this time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you see the former Ryan Shamrock Chavo's up there. The Kiss Demon. Dale Torborg, you see him there? A lot of the the real misfits. But you see the, um, no pun intended, but you see the the guys that they look like they're going to focus on. Booker T, Vampiro, Kidman, um, Jeff Jarrett. Those guys um, looked like they were going to be the the new stars.
2: Well, especially, uh, I I think, Vampiro too. Because to me, Vampiro was kind of like, almost like going to be
1: the next Sting. Because of uh, his face paint. Yep, and the 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 dark character, so to speak. Yeah, I could see that. There we see the 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 established guys: Sting, Sid, DDP with Kimberly, Luger, Miss Elizabeth, um, all watching this going on in the back, and basically Bischoff's kind of, you know, addressing the the older stars that you know you got to earn your keep around here. Um, you know, it's n- no more favors. From the boss, because that was the reputation that a lot of the, the guys in WCW had was that they were getting favors from from Bischoff. You know, Bischoff had that big reputation of, uh, you know, being friendlier with some talent rather than others. Um, you see Canyon back there. Alex Wright, who was Berlin at mm. one point. Um El Dandy. And you can see the Harris brothers, Ronnie and Donnie. Yeah, Ron and Don Harris, yeah. At this point, I believe this is where um, they announced that, uh, you know, the champions are going to be uh, stripped of their titles, and we're going to have new champions, and they're going to crown those champions at the Spring Stampede pay-per-view. But before they make that announcement, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, we see Diamond Dallas Page and Kimberly, along with Sting, Lex Luger, Miss Elizabeth, and Sid Vicious, all making their way out to the ringside area. And It looks like Bis Bischoff is uh, addressing their their future in WCW. A lot of the older guys, you know, at the top of the card. It looks like you know the, the their time is up, at least according to Eric Bischoff here in this uh, this opening segment. Now, what did you think of? Uh, I see DDP and Kimberly there. Yeah. what did you think of um of them stripping the titles of, off of everyone and turning it into like a one night tournament at the pay per view? Well it,
2: there was a reason they did that is because number one, they were in this storyline, WCW, you know, wanted to go to a a new era and they want to, you know, start off anew with uh young guys, hopefully that they can win the belts and um and
1: surpass the old timers. What did you think of it? Uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, I wasn't so keen on it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I understand. We see Bischoff and DDP kind of going back and forth a little bit. Both men had a, one time, a personal relationship with each other, both neighbors. Um, Bischoff, uh, was very influential in, uh, the the rise of diamond dallas page within wcw sting one of your favorites oh yeah one of my favorites in wcw yep yep sting was always uh you know you know he was he he never left he was always there uh, no matter who came and went sting was always a constant within wcw sid vicious lex luger and like i said bischoff addressing all of these guys here um Basically telling them that you know the, the the championships are going to be forfeited. We're going to have a, a new champions crowned at Spring Stampede. Um, you know, I I didn't mind them stripping the titles. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna start over, then 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 do it across the board. You know what I mean? Change it up. Um, and there's Russo cutting the promo on Pisa. Rick Flair, you're a piece of shit on the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's getting a kick out of that And I'm gonna scrape that shit off And wipe it down the toilet Personally Well I don't know <laughs> how he would wipe it down the toilet But he'd flush it down the toilet oh. Nonetheless yeah everyone's getting a big kick out of it And this is the beginning of the Bischoff Or the Russo Flair um, storyline Which will uh, progress As this show goes on But uh, yeah He's uh, you know It's a new day in WCW It's, a, it's all business here when it came to uh you know uh Russo and Bischoff taking over um i didn't mind some of these younger guys working with the established guys but it didn't seem like there was any kind of real sense of direction or plan um like we'll, we'll see later on in the show um some of the some of these matchups that were taking place that people were just kind of like eh but um you know there's a lot of talented guys in that ring that you see there Scott Steiner uh, my good buddy Shane Helms, he's somewhere in that 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 mix. Um, all these guys, um, very talented in their own right. Goldberg signed, even though Goldberg was not a part of this show. Um, and this is interesting here because now you know everyone's giving up their belts except for Sid, and Sid's basically going to tell Bischoff to go stick it up his ass because he's not giving up the belt. You got to come get it. Um, but do you remember what Bischoff said to him in this promo, Daryl? When he walked up to him? Oh, God, I wish I knew. So, you, you've you heard the story about Sid and Arn Anderson in the hotel in Germany in 93, right? Where they they, they stabbed each other with a pair of scissors. Yeah, that that's right. a big fight. I've heard about that. Bischoff brought that up in this promo. Said something about, um, am I going to need to get scissors to cut the belt off of you? Or something to that effect. I don't remember the exact... <laughs> um exact wording but uh yeah this is the point in time I believe where he's he's getting ready to to tell him you know get rid of the belt otherwise you're done but um I was always a big Sid fan I liked Sid um I liked him as a bad guy better than a good guy but during his time in WCW during this era um I enjoyed Sid he was he was he was good what did you think of Sid yeah, I enjoyed his run in WCW
2: when he came back. Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, I thought Sid was a really good champion in WCW when, you know, he got the belt. You know, to me, it was like, you know, out of nowhere, I didn't think he would get it. But, um, but, you know, Sid, you know, he, you know, when he won from, uh, he won it from I think uh, Nash or the Harris brothers. Or... Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah, it was a handicap match. I think I think he beat like Nash and one of the Harris brothers, and it was like with their version of Hell in the Cell. This, that was during the period when Russo stopped booking, and they had uh, Kevin Sullivan and JJ J. Dillon doing the, uh, the 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 writing, the creative, for them at this time.
2: Maybe that's why they got the belt because of. Um dylan and uh sullivan
1: yeah i believe that was during the period of time when they when they gave him the belt um, because they weren't you know they weren't big fans of, of the guys that russo was interested in and that was the other thing too that was brought up in this in this promo this opening segment from russo russo had said you know um that there was a there was a political struggle backstage with with um, Kevin Sullivan, and he mentioned Kevin Sullivan and J.J. Dillon by name and talked about how Brad Siegel had called him up to come back after Sullivan and um, uh, Dillon were let go, or they were sent home. Um, and WCW management was giving it another try. The real story behind this was that um, they the, the ratings were bad, they couldn't take it anymore. And Brad Siegel called Eric Bischoff and asked Bischoff if he would um what he thought of Vince Russo and would he be interested in working with Vince Russo because those two guys had never worked together before. And Bischoff and Russo met. They were in a room, they had they had their meeting and they both agreed that they would uh they would they would work together on the creative. And we were off to the races here. Ooh, there's Medusa. I forgot about Medusa. Stacy yeah. Keebler. Um, but yeah, this was a, um, this was a, this was a, a pivotal moment because this was almost a year re- before WCW would eventually shut down. And there was there was another part of the change too. Um, Mark Madden would take the place of Bobby the Brain Heenan on this Nitro. They moved Bobby to Thunder. Uh, for a brief period of time during this era, um, what do you think of Mark Madden as a color commentator? Uh, he was funny at first, but I didn't really like him. Yeah, you preferred Bobby better.
2: Yeah, yeah. Bobby. You know, top of my list. He's number one. He's better than Mark Madden, and um, oh, for sure, absolutely.
1: And uh, Scott Hudson, you know, he he is okay. I mean, he wasn't bad. He he was very good with details and 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 knowing things um, in terms of like historical um aspects and i liked i liked scott hudson i thought he brought something and of course you know tony Schiavone, yeah. um one of my all-time favorites i listened to his podcast whw what happened when uh with conrad thompson do you know that i bought a shirt from pro uh, a whw shirt from pro wrestling tees and tony Schiavone called me on the phone really yeah they they you see hulk hogan walking in the building he didn't get the news yet he didn't get the memo that that there was a new day um in wcw but um what was i gonna say uh yeah so if you go on com and you and you buy a shirt i don't know if they still do this but they did this for a while if you buy a shirt from the from the tony shivani um t-shirt store he would give you a call on the phone bruce pritchard used to do it I believe Bischoff did it at one point, too. Um, And so Shivani called me after I bought a shirt, and we talked for a few minutes about, like, UConn basketball because he he commentates basketball in Georgia. Oh, wow. For the Bulldogs, I believe. Oh. College basketball, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Here we see Sting kind of warning Hogan of what's going on with his old buddy Eric Bischoff here. Don't worry, brother. I'll straighten this out, dude. And uh, during that, you know, opening segment, it was announced that there was going to be like a little mini tournament um, between Sid, Sting, Luger, and DDP. With the winner of that tournament, then going on to facing Jeff Jarrett at the Spring Stampede pay per view, which would be later, which would be later this week um, in the year 2000, uh, the, the following, you know, six days later, and uh, face him for the vacant. WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Because if you remember, Jarrett was involved in a number of WCW World title matches um throughout uh early two thousand. Oh, there it is. No pyro. No pyro <laughs> because the old guys don't get the pyro anymore. So D D P, you know, lost his pyro. He can't feel the bang. But man, look at Kimberly. Ooh la la. Yeah, exactly. Not married anymore, but they are yes. really good friends, from what I understand. I believe yeah. she's, I want to say she's his business manager. I think she's involved with him in some form or fashion. I think she she does some kind, of, she represents him from a managerial perspective. I could be wrong. I know The Rock's ex wife does the same thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kimberly and DDP, no more. I met them both once. Very nice people. Oh, yeah.
2: I met DDP in person. Well, yep. I mean, he's, he's a cool dude. Yeah. Especially, you know, he and I talked for like a. About a minute or two, and you know, he you know he told me he was doing DDP yoga and he gave me his uh card and all that. Yep. And, and um, that was of course,
1: in Miami at WrestleMania a number of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. it was at
2: the Kevin Ash party. That, yeah, that's and, right. And um, of course, you know, I got my picture with DDP. My favorite, you know, was when he asked me, Hey, bro, you want me to give you the diamond cutter? and I was like, Okay, and yep. then he gave me, the diamond cutter and, it, and that look on my face, and it was just like, "Wow, I'm in cloud
1: nine right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was there for that one too, and I got a picture with him as well. Um, yeah, no, he's he's a super nice guy. Um, Lex Luger here. It's sad to see Lex Luger now. You've seen recent pictures of Luger, right? How he just looks so old and yeah. decrepit, and
2: yeah, you know. it's it's really hard for to see him go through all. The- all of this that he
1: went through from his from oh, his health and yeah, his health issues really uh really uh you know took a turn you know a number of years ago. But I mean, he, from what I hear, he's a different person now. He goes and on speaking tours and he's you know uh, you know kind of uh, he does a lot of the conventions, does the, the the many of the big conventions, the wrestling conventions. Yeah. Um,
2: and uh, he he actually became a born again Christian. In fact, Sting was the one that kind of helped him become that guy yeah
1: yeah i believe he helped baptize him too i want to say yeah
2: yeah yeah, i read it in uh luger's book oh okay how uh, was that book it was not bad it was okay i mean it it was like some of the things that uh, he kind of like you know missed out on like why he wasn't getting a uh, wwf world title push from like at wrestlemania and somewhat and
1: also he talked a little bit about that yeah he talked just
2: a little bit about it and in his book. I mean his book is not like five hundred pages long. It is
1: or is it it, it isn't.
2: Oh okay. Like I said. And uh but anyway, his book his story was like, you know his, you know, his childhood was like completely like a he was a troubled kid and all that and he would he used to shoplift like some athletic equipment, you know, sports equipment for him to have and and of course he might have got caught I guess and
1: did he or didn't he? Um god i don't remember you just said might have so did did he get caught or not i don't think so okay well hopefully he doesn't go to jail for it now if anyone's listening Um, drop down tackle counter the hip toss knee to the thing boom swing neck breaker luger gets up hardly sells it shitty low blow to diamond dallas page This is the first round of the WCW Number 1 Contenders World Title Tournament here on this rebooted edition of WCW Monday Nitro that we are watching in our special Kicking Out at 2 Nitro Watch Party here. Um, This was not my favorite version of Lex Luger, I'll be honest with you. I thought he was slow, and I just didn't really care for this version of Lex Luger be perfectly honest with you. I I liked Lex Luger in the Four Horsemen. I liked Babyface Lex Luger when he was wrestling the NWO. I even kind of I I I didn't mind, you know, red, white and blue, Yankee Doodle Lex Luger but in the WWF, but I I I was more of a fan of his his stuff in WCW. Um but this this version of Lex Luger I thought was I just didn't like it. I didn't like it either. I mean, but
2: the red, white, and blue one, I kind of enjoyed it because he was kind of, like, becoming the next Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan left the WWF.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, nobody could be the next Hulk Hogan, in my opinion, yeah. in a lot of people's opinion. Um, and I think that was a bad spot to, for them to put him in. Um, you know, but uh, nonetheless, here we see DDP sending Luger in, Luger blocks to the boot, and a clothesline. He almost fell over because he's so out of, I wouldn't say out of shape, but, uh, you know, Luger was all muscle. His cardio was not the... Uh, the greatest. Um, yeah, but you know, like for those of you keeping score that remember this back in the day, um, Luger had, uh, Luger, you know, Luger and, uh, you know, DEP had just returned and Luger was in a storyline where he was like opposing sting and Hogan. Um, and then we saw earlier Luger and sting kind of show up, um, in the crowd, or no, show up uh, on on stage to uh, to oppose uh, Bischoff and Russo, and so the, the the reboot was in full effect. They kind of took all the storylines that didn't matter and uh, changed things up. As we see, uh, you know some some. Oh, there he is, Buff Bagwell. Buff the stuff, and the girls just can't get enough. And he's simply
2: delicious, as he as he calls his, oh, as yeah. he would say. And
1: up there, he he got pyro.
2: <laughs> there's a reason he got pyro's because he's part of the new blood that's
1: right that's right <laughs> big man out here shrutting his stuff cause the girls can't get enough buff Bagwell oh g- low blow by DDP ooh just hit on Luger's bells yeah he uh he, he definitely caught him right in the bread basket there <laughs> kicking him while he's down too ooh man and you can see buff daddy going after kimberly <laughs> yeah buff was uh buff was all about the women and if you remember there was a storyline uh a few months prior to this where buff um buff you know kind of had the you know d d p accused buff of uh, having the hots for Kimberly. you remember that yeah, I seem to remember, yep, okay, and now he's going after elizabeth see Buff got, Ooh. Buff got turned down, and now, oh, power slammed by Luger.
2: Oh, he's really into the older woman.
1: Oh, then. <laughs> what's he doing? Oh, come on. Touch me, girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. And Luger not happy about this, because that's, that's his woman.
2: Of course, Macho Man, I don't think he cares anymore. Oh, uh, no, you can have her,
1: you know what I mean? Because I got my own girl. Uh, huh? I got a couple of girls, as a matter of fact. Yeah, Macho Man wasn't a part of this. Bang, diamond cutter. Yeah. And of course,
2: one, one two, three. three.
1: DDP advancing to the finals of this world title tournament after defeating Lex Luger uh, with a little bit of a distraction from uh, good old Buff the Stuff. But yeah, Macho Man wasn't a, wasn't a part of this storyline, which I was kind of surprised too, because he was one of the more established older talents. Um, as we see Hulk looking for Mister Bischoff. Mm-hmm. Ogun looking in real good shape. He's wearing black and white. Yeah, oh. Kurt Hedding. Kurt Henning, another established guy who wasn't out there with all the uh, other guys. Um, Yeah, Kurt Henning kind of, if you remember, I don't know how how much of WCW you watched in the last several months prior to this, but uh, you remember he was kind of like, he was kind of part of that, you know, uh, the powers that be. Yeah. With, um... Uh, What's his uh, The the Harris brothers And Jeff Jarrett He was like a part Of that little group You remember that Yeah I remember
2: I remember he was In one of the He was in Russo's office I guess when Before Russo's face Ever showed on camera
1: Yeah they used to do The whole you know uh, You can't find his face But you can find uh, You know you can see His hand and hear his voice Similar to the old uh, uh, George Steinbrenner uh, Scenes from the Seinfeld show When George Costanza (laughs) Used to talk to Steinbrenner When he was working For the Yankees Yeah That was like That was like the take um the the point of view camera uh shot that they show here um speaking of someone who uh you know needs no introduction but we'll give him one anyways uh tank abbott former ufc fighter uh was signed by wcw with virtually no experience wrestling whatsoever what did you think of tank abbott in wcw Mm. well i just uh Because you're a big MMA guy. You watch a lot of MMA and UFC. What what did you think of Tank?
2: Well, the way I think about Tank Abbott, you know, uh, for him as a fighter, he's like a brawler. But in in the way I think about Tank Abbott in wrestling, he's not a wrestler.
1: No. I mean... He wasn't that good. He really wasn't. I, I watched... I mean... I can't rem- I can't think of one The only good thing that he did In in his time in wrestling was when he was with Three Count I thought that stuff was funny When he would come out and he would Like make them sing and he was Kind of like their bodyguard Like that was cool that was funny I liked when he did that but When he got in there and wrestled it looked Fucking awful yeah. um,
2: I mean when you see his matches They're almost like the same thing to me you know but the bell rings, and boom, right hand knocks the person out cold. Instead of pinning him, the match is over, he's declared the winner, and he leaves. Yeah. That's just the same old shit, you know?
1: Do you remember the storyline he did where he wrestled some guy named Al at Super Brawl, and he put a pocket knife out and like tried to cut the guy's throat? No, I you didn't see that? it. It was at Super Brawl earlier this year. He wrestled some guy that used to be, like, his sparring partner in MMA. His name was, like, Al something. It was so bad. Like, it was brutal. And the, the match they had, like, there there was, like, a leather biker jacket that was hanging from a pole. And you had to get the biker jacket. <laughs> yeah. And oh so my. he wrestled this guy. I don't even remember who won. But all I remember is that, like, Tank Abbott grabbed the guy. Um Out on the, you know, out on the floor, and he had, like, the guy's, like, switchblade knife, and he threatened to, like, cut his throat. And WCW and the cameras, they had to, like, pan away from it. It was that bad. And it it looks like Tank here is, uh, he's got his eyes set on, you know, making an impact. Oh! Ooh! (laughs) Holy crap! wow. He beats up Mark Madden. (laughs) Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know why they did this. Honestly, I don't know why, but, I mean, it was WCW at the time. You really couldn't. Jesus. Holy. Oh, Oh, God. He should have kept his shirt on. Yeah, what are you doing, man? Come on. Holy cow. He looks like a big gallon of milk right there, a big jug of milk. He's all not tan and. It seems like he's been living in his parents' house. Oh. Oh. He hit him right in the dong. (laughs) Boom. Boom. He he looks like he's really hitting him. Oh, here comes security. Ooh, no. Whole bunch of indie workers and, and, and one legitimate security guard. Jesus. <laughs>
2: Mark Mann covering himself up and he's all topless and he's getting a real beating from the tank.
1: Yeah. Vince Russo's getting a brow beating from Jeff Jarrett over who's gonna be uh who's gonna be his challenger at the pay per view. Looks like there's some dissension in the ranks between the two. Yeah. Yeah, because Jarrett is now scheduled to face Kurt Henning in on this program, and the winner is gonna go to Spring Stampede to compete for the WCW title. Oh, red rooster, Terry Taylor with the Hulkster, brother. Rooster, <laughs> Rooster, where's Bischoff? I gotta talk to Bischoff, brother. That's all we've been doing. We've seen we've been seeing Hogan do laps around this whole building. For Christ's sakes. Like Is that gonna get a really good rating? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, there it is. The, hey, the hey, buddies ter- are talking. Hey, Terry, um, I heard you were looking for me. You know something, dude? Um, I've been hearing a lot of stuff, brother. Uh, I've been hearing you've been making fun of my bald spot, brother. Oh God, no, Terry! I would never do such a thing. Are you kidding me? Well, that's what I heard. That's what the stinger told me. And you know something? The stinger don't lie, brother. So uh, you need to get straight with me and tell me right now you making fun of my hair. All right, Terry, let's go inside and let's just talk about this right now. We or you know, you know, clear the air here. All right. <laughs> As we move on to the action, um, looks like Billy Kidman is making his way down to the ring. Unless WCW just put up the wrong, uh, wrong entrance video, which is possible, but nope, they come through. Here he is, Billy Kidman, with his best-looking see-through dress shirt, um, and his backwards baseball cap. <laughs> Especially, he's got his pyro on. Yep, yeah, he got the pyro too. He got the memo. He was getting pyro. Um, this here is the beginning of the Billy Kidman-Hulk Hogan rivalry. Um, based off of some comments that apparently Hulk Hogan made um, in an interview publicly where he had said that Billy Kidman um, couldn't sell out a flea market. <laughs> um, and he was the flea market champion. Um i don't know how true that is but um you know they 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 took they they took the 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 comments from that interview and they turned it into a storyline here um and uh you know in the beginning there was a little bit of intrigue but there wasn't a whole lot um going forward because you know hogan dwarfs billy kidman he's enormous billy kidman looks like a kid no pun intended um what did you think of Billy Kidman as a as a performer in WCW? Well, I I think he was
2: not that bad. Yeah. And um you know the stuff that you know he did when he finally got bro- broken up with the Flock, you know, he was on his own and you know he changed his uh, his look and and his style, I guess. And you know putting him in the Cruiserweight and I thought that he was a great Cruiserweight champion when they when he was having these classic matches. I mean, he had some gr- with uh, Rey
1: Mysterio and
2: all others that you can Eddie
1: Guerrero, yeah, Hooventude. Yeah. I remember he had a great match with Hooventude once at like one of those World War Three pay per views. Yeah, and he was,
2: of course, he was tag team partners with Rey Mysterio for like a short period. They were part of the Filthy
1: Animals. Yeah, yeah, that too, and they were the tag champs together. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. no, they. I, I liked them teaming up together. I thought it was pretty good. But um. Billy Kidman against Hulk Hogan? I'm mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know. There you see, yeah, Hogan's realizing, he's like, what's this little puke talking about, brother? Let me turn up the TV, dude. Are you serious? This is bullshit. I'm coming out there right now. <laughs> yeah, Kidman's serious. He took his shirt off. He's 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 for real. He's all business now. He yeah. ain't he ain't fucking around. That's <laughs> for sure. Hogan is the man. Uh, To a lot of people, yes, Uh, I I would be one of those that would have to say he is the man. But, um, you know, he's a bigger man than one Billy Kidman. Yeah, of course. If Billy Kidman was a
2: bigger man, then you know he he would have been. I mean, for for a guy that was like, I mean, like, not saying that he should be. If he was that tall as Hogan, you know, he he would he probably wouldn't be a big man. He well, he's definitely not, and he couldn't, so... Of course. We'll,
1: we'll, he's he's just a
2: little guy that can... That fly can around and move, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll, uh, well, let's continue on before this conversation jumps the shark here. Um, there you see him, the Hulkster, making his first appearance in the arena because he was shown walking around the entire fucking building for the last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't really like... You know, the setup here wasn't bad with the two of them. It was different. I was, like, kind of surprised that, like, they put these two together. But um, I didn't care for the matches. I was like, Kidman just felt too small to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, at
2: first I thought that, you know, the matches that they had were going to be really good. Like, Hogan was going to make Billy Kidman, you know, shine a little bit. Oh, to, to no, he
1: threw him around like a tennis ball. Like, well, of course, he, you know it, it wasn't. You know, that was a failure, you know. And it was silly. It looked silly.
2: It was a failure for for Kidman, but even though he did get an opportunity to work with Hulk, and thought that maybe Hulk would help school him around a little, but it seemed like you know Hogan did what Hogan would always do, and that's to you know Hulk up and shit and um, drops the big boot and the big leg one two three and everybody goes home happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people were happy to even watch the match. I'm sure they were happy when it ended. That's for sure. Um, not, not the, not the best uh, use of Hulk Hogan uh, or Billy Kidman for that matter during this time in WCW. Here is uh, Hogan giving him a brow beating. He's really lacing into him. He's like, you know something, dude. I my my dick is bigger than you. No, <laughs> oh, what are you doing, brother? You hit me. Oh, oh there's that ball. My, oh, you need to knock it off, brother. You're getting a little too stiff there, dude. Kidman laying into him now. Had enough of the Hulkster. Finally putting the boots to him. The dream match. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. Uh, between Billy Kidman and Hulk Hogan. Oh! Ooh. Yeah. I liked Kidman. I thought he was good. He flied around like he was a good cruiserweight. I could have seen Kidman. You know, the tag team stuff he did with Mysterio was good. But putting him in there with Hulk Hogan, man. look at it. See, look. Yeah. Hogan just looks like he's... Like, dwarfing him, you know? Like, it just... Like, he's beating on his own son. Yeah, like... I mean, even if he ever did. This was this was not a part of the reboot of Nitro that... that and I like Hogan. Hogan's my guy. But this was not a part of this reboot that I was uh, too enamored with here. Like you said, Hogan just kind of does what he does and takes over and uh, has the advantage here. And doesn't really give a whole lot to Kidman. He's just kind of bouncing him around, you know, till the kingdom come.
3: All right, dude, that's it. Come on, you little dickhead. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to fuck you up, brother. That's right, because I'm seven feet taller than you, dude.
1: There you go. Yeah. And look who's coming. Oh, there he is, wielding a oh. steel chair. Oh. Kendall doll himself Eric. That's right, brother. Yeah, you take that slap to the face, dude, you little midget. Ah, oh, sh- sh- sh-
2: sh- brother. <laughs> Finish off with the chair coming in. And what's he going to do? Is he going to help Hulk Hogan? Is he going to?
1: Well, this is obvious here. You can see, like, he's, you know. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna tell him. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you go get him, Terry. Come on. Yeah, that's right, Eric. I'm gonna fuck him up, dude. You tell him right now. Yeah, get my limo waiting, brother. Because after I fuck him up,
3: I'm going out to drink with Dennis. Oh! 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 oh. oh.
1: oh. <laughs> and there you see Eric Bischoff laced Hulk Hogan with that steel chair in the forehead. And this was the the beginning of what was a really sad end to... Uh, Hulk Hogan's time in WCW here, because a few months after this, um, he would no longer be with the company, Yeah, Um, which, you know, something we'll probably touch on, I'm sure. Oh, Hogan is cut. Oh, Hogan did the blade job. Oh, that's right. I wonder how much they paid him to cut his forehead. (laughs) I wonder where he hid the blade. Yeah, well, he he had it in his wrist tape, that's for sure. That oh, was the yeah. other thing, too. Like, he's not wearing wrestling clothes, but he just put his wrist tape on. Yeah, it was to hide the blade. He cut his must cut his fingers, too, there on his right, because you see. Stretch limo. Who's it? Let me guess. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He had a hard time getting out of Woo! Nature boy! His hair's growing. Look like it's from 1988. That's right. Yeah, it looks like your nature boy of old styling and profiling baby yep just got done fucking eight women at the hotel because <laughs> that's what he does and moments ago on nitro we saw here hulk hogan getting ready to go so oh, he... you just saw it yeah right i saw it he
0: just saw it. he cut himself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness
1: Jeez, what a way to sell that
0: <laughs> and that's that's the worst that's the worst oh, my God. <laughs> oh look at that
2: Why couldn't he do it when he got hit?
1: They just keep showing the replay. They keep showing the replay. It's like clear as day. That was that was why WCW was as bad as it was because they would show things like this. They would fuck things up like it's oh, and now he's mad. Oh, bitch oh, oh, off! I'm gonna
3: eat you up! I'm
2: gonna get a piece of your little ass, Bischoff. off! Oh, oh, you can oh, see. Oh. oh, somebody's bag just dropped in when he oh, pushed. Bitch oh,
3: off! Bishop, I'm going to eat your ass alive, you little nugget. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, Bishop. Where are you, Eric?
1: I can't even push that box over. It's too heavy, dude. Look at this. Here you see Ric Flair just staring at a monitor like, what the heck?
2: Definitely Terry Taylor, I think, is sitting in there. there. There's
1: Terry Taylor. I don't know who the blonde is, but look at Flair. Totally out of place there. I'm sure he wasn't. I'm sure the camera caught him a little too early there. That looked like it wasn't supposed to. Wasn't supposed to show. Look at that. He's showing the. Oh, they're showing the replay to Flair of what Bischoff and Russo had to say about all the old timers. And of course, we all know the documented history between um, Eric Bischoff and Rick Flair um, during their time at WCW. We actually watched. The, uh, the, the the Starcade match. That's right, On, I on uh, the the Starcade 98 Watch Along, which is over in the archives over at SoundCloud.com, as well as the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over at Podbean. You can find that show over there as well, um, as well as on our social media, both Facebook and Twitter. Here you see him, Slick Rick.
2: Style and profiling. That's right. He's the limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, Jet flying, son of a gun! Woo!
1: That's right, that's right. The nature boy! Woo! Did you see that ESPN uh, thirty for thirty on him? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it.
2: Yeah, pretty interesting. Mode. I liked it.
1: And if you have, do you have the Viceland channel? Uh,
2: I don't think so. I mean,
1: okay. Well, look, check if you do because there is some great documentaries that are actually going to be. Uh, premiering starting this week on the viceland channel on um the 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 real story behind the relationship with macho man and miss elizabeth the bruiser brody's death oh oh, yeah gino Uh, hernandez's death
2: yeah yeah i saw the trailer on that you know from on face on uh youtube
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: it's pretty interesting
1: yeah here's rick flair right now uh Pretty much tell Bischoff, Russo, let me
3: tell you, daddy, I'm the limousine riding, jet flying, wheelin', dealin', kiss dealin', son of a gun. And you made me come out here on Nitro in Denver, Colorado, with the lights up bright, daddy, to tell everybody that I'm still old, and I'll never retire, and you're gonna make me wrestle tonight with no shirt on. But I'm telling you, I'm going to keep my shirt on. Why? Because I got saggy titties, and I'm the nature boy! Woo!
1: (laughs) This year was the introduction of Ric Flair's storyline in WCW, um, where he was feuding with Russo, and we'll see an individual show up shortly, uh, which I won't spoil it for those listening and watching. Um, An individual who... Uh, was very famous for his run in ECW Also very famous for um, Publicly denouncing The legend that is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair um, Not a whole lot of wrestling in this show <laughs> I think we saw one match And um, we've seen a bunch of in-ring segments so far Here, but uh, You know, Flair looks like he's about to have an aneurysm You see his face is getting red yeah. Seems like he
2: has hundreds of aneurysms throughout yeah. his wrestling career. Oh yeah,
1: especially when he cuts a promo, my god. <laughs> but he's excited. Yeah, you see.
3: That's right. I'm here. You're paying me. I'm going all over the world. I'm fucking all abroad. Woo! That's right, baby. I'm gonna fuck each and every woman on Space Mountain Daddy. Woo! I might even fuck you too, baby. Woo! <laughs> Russo Bishop! And whoever else thinks that they can disrespect tradition in WCW. I was a four horseman. And the four horsemen wrote the book on disrespect. And you're not going to come in here and take me out, baby. I got a big contract that you're going to have to pay me, daddy. So, Russo, get out here so I can beat your little New York ass.
1: Oh, wait a minute. What is this? Oh,
2: speaking, you know, Vince speaking, Russo, uh, he ain't coming out. No, but...
1: it's not Vince Russo. It's big Papa pump Scott Steiner. If you remember, it was a month prior to this, Scott Steiner was suspended from WCW for cutting a shoot promo on Ric Flair on a live Nitro, basically saying he had crooked yellow teeth and he was too old. And he was not doing anything with Flair on television. He was part of the NWO. So um, he just came out and cut a, a promo you know sub flair? You ain't fucking nobody. Because I fuck all the women here at WCW. I got
3: all the hoochies. Your dick can't even make it past your kneecap. That's right. You got a little dick. I tell you. I'm Big Papa Pump. And nobody, nobody fucks more women than I do here at WCW. Not even my brother Rick. In fact, I don't think my brother Rick has fucked a woman in his entire life. You hear me? Let me tell you something, Nature Boy. Space Mountain's closed, Daddy. Because all the girls want to do the 69er in the recliner with Scotty Steiner. That fat bitch right there, yeah. I'm going to fuck her later. Why? Because it'd be the best thing to happen in her life. And you see that guy over there? He's going to watch. You know why? Because I told him to. Because I'm Big Papa Pope, and I'm your hookup. Holler if you hear me. <laughs>
2: I got to tell you, you know, Flair and Scott Steiner had a bit of history in the
1: past. Yeah, they, they got some serious history when it comes to the uh, story I heard was that Steiner, it looked like they were going to give him a singles run, and he wrestled against Flair, and they had one match on TV. It was like a clash of champions, and Steiner felt that that Flair was sabotaging the match, and that Flair was trying to sabotage his career. And he had heat with Flair ever since. It just didn't, you know. He's had heat with
2: everybody, and oh, oh Jesus, he's, he's got those freaky crooked teeth. Yeah, he's got those. Oh my goodness, this is exactly what he looks, what he would look like right now.
1: <laughs> he don't look like this, but he still looks scary as fuck. I'll say that.
2: Yeah. Oh wait a Ooh, minute! Here comes another guy that who hates Flair so much.
1: Yeah, right here he is. I mentioned him earlier. Franchise Shane Douglas.
2: Former ECW champion, former WWF Intercontinental Champion, when he was
1: Dean Douglas, yeah. the, the school teacher. Oh god! Yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty brutal. Yeah, Dean Douglas. But uh, I mentioned earlier, this guy made a career out of denouncing the legend that is the Nature Boy Ric Flair on ECW television. Um, you know, Douglas was he was all right, but I wasn't the biggest fan of Shane Douglas. Um, oh, there he is, big, sexy Kevin Nash um hobbling on one foot rocking a fanny pack with his crutches um and man, going what's on going here? on here oh it looks like bret hart in in this uh blurry yeah terrible scene. camera shot there but there you see that is bret the hitman hart um sitting up in like a skybox or in the audience somewhere um oh god that was terrible. Oh, oh yeah oh. there it is now you got a better yeah. shot back from commercial there's bret and this uh, this was at the time when bret was out with that concussion so it wasn't, his in-ring future was in question at this point. Um, he suffered that terrible concussion against Goldberg at Starcade 1999, just a few months prior, as we see the replay here from uh, the last segment, Shane Douglas coming in, attacking Ric Flair. Douglas, another individual who felt Flair sabotaged his career um, years prior, when Douglas was a part of WCW. And he had he had a, a hard on for Ric Flair ever since. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, wasn't the biggest fan of Douglas. He was all right, but I thought there was potential. There you see Flair, another one that's searching that's searching the backstage area, looking for people. It seems like the, a lot of these guys they can't find who they're looking for. Yeah. Oh wait, there he is. Mean Gene what the hell are you doing here You're a loser You don't belong in WCW You should go back to the bingo hall goddammit! it <laughs> What's the matter with you Ric Flair's not gonna
3: wrestle you Are you kidding me You suck Gene I do not suck I am the franchise <laughs> Former ECW champion That's right Dick Flair is a nobody I am the greatest wrestler alive today And let me tell you something You little bald piece of shit I'll tell you right now, I've got to make a name for myself in WCW because Vince Russo told me I was going to. I'm going to have a Viagra on a pole match with Billy Kidman for his girlfriend's love,
1: Tory Wilson. Ha 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 ha. Douglas, that's ridiculous. You, Viagra's not going to work for your little dick. Let me tell you something, Gene, you old fucking piece of shit. I'll tell you right now, I'll knock all three of those hairs off the top of your bald head. Hey, let's get the hell out of here. That guy's an asshole. <laughs> oh, finally, are we gonna have another match? Oh yeah. A little bit. Because everything's been in ring segments. Yeah,
2: so far, you know, we are seeing the next match here. We're seeing the legend they call
1: Sting. That's right, yep, Sting. Up for uh up for uh, you know, his his championship match. Um as he's set to uh there's I should say his tournament match to determine um his uh championship opportunity at uh spring stampede here making his way to the ring here he's going to wrestle sid vicious um who he's very familiar with uh sting had a number of uh marquee matchups with sid vicious have you ever seen the match that they had at um uh, Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety. Yeah, I did. WWE Network when they did the switch with Barry Windham dressed up as Sting. Yeah, go out of your way to watch that match. Any of you out there listening? It's probably one of the uh, the, the 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 better Sid matches. Um, that was when Sid was like red hot. He was like on fire at the time. Um, speaking of fire, you know, Sid got pyro. Oh yeah, and he's one of the older guys. Look at that. Somebody made yeah. a mistake. Somebody <laughs> fucked that up.
2: I guess they probably fired the person who who, who set the pyro on for the uh, baby
1: faces. Yeah, for the for the for the, the millionaires' club, they, as they like yeah. to call them. Um, the winner of this match will then move on later in the evening to face Diamond Dallas Page in the finals, and the winner of that match will then go on to Spring Stampede to face either um, uh, Jeff Jarrett or Kurt Henning, who will be uh, involved in a ma- They'll be involved in their match uh, on this program in a little bit. Stay see Sting firing up the crowd with his woo ch- with his howl chance. Yep, yeah, howling and wooing and this, that, and the other. Lock up. Sting and big Sid here. Nick Patrick the referee. Oh yeah, Nick Patrick, you know. Former member of the NWO, the one of the first, like, heel referees. Well, I shouldn't say one of the first. Danny Davis was the first. But um in W C W Nick Patrick, uh you know, he 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 did a pretty good job as like the 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 heel referee for the N.W.O. Oh, Stinger splash already! Look at this—you can see Sting go for a
2: clothesline and Sid over the top, and oh, he man. lands on top of his feet to the floor. All right, Sting firing up the crowd once again, and you can see Sid—you know—all a little helpless, and Sting grabs him to the head, and he just ooh—he tried to ram him through the. To the steel barricade But instead that He just rams his head To the steel chair
1: Oh low blow again Shot to the dong He got him in his little scorpion <laughs> He got him in his little scorpion <laughs> See Sting I like
3: to hit people
1: On the dick
3: So I'm gonna hit you On your dick And then I'm gonna be The master And the ruler Of the world <laughs> I am the man That stands alone You shut up fat boy I I'm Sid, vicious. Shut your mouth, you pig. Yeah, watch that There you go, right there. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Big Sid. Sid, 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 Sid. Crowd chanting Sid. Getting fired up. Somebody say somebody getting fired up nitro watch party here on kicking out of two having a good time with my brother daryl watching this god-awful episode of wcw money nitro actually this hasn't been too bad i remember when i was a kid when i watched this i flipped back and forth between this and raw and uh i was intrigued because like i said it was it looked new it looked fresh the ring was different with the canvas and the 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 colors the set was different they changed up the storylines i really thought wcw had a shot um at, at at you know, getting back in this thing, and for whatever reason, um, that didn't work out, unfortunately. And that's something I'm sure we'll talk about um, at a later date. Uh, shut up, because I'm the master
3: and the ruler of the world.
1: Yep. stopping the stinger in the corner, Big Sid. Ooh. And I believe it was after this. Show. We didn't see much of Sid until towards the end of this year, um, in two thousand, when he would then have a rivalry with, uh, with with Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Yeah, that's like near the end of uh, two thousand. You know. Yep. They headlined that Starcade. As a matter of fact, if I am not mistaken.
2: Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I seem to remember that. I mean, like instead of course, he know change his ring attire and he had like the long pants and you know with the. Of course he had
1: his same boots and then he wore like jean shorts at one point with like the vest. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like he dressed up as Stone Cold Steve Austin for Halloween but forgot to shave his head and grow a goatee. One, two, kick out by the stinger.
2: As he gets his shoulder up when he's wearing those mechanic gloves, you know, that the, the co- gloves that the NASCAR race drivers have used.
1: Yeah, you're very yeah, very detail oriented when it comes to the uh the, the ring gear, I must say. Rear chin locked by Sid This has been the longest match on the show so far This has been only the second match Because everything else has been <laughs> Interviews and promos and backstage And this guy, you know, calling this guy out And this guy getting his ass kicked by this guy And, um but you know they 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 were really trying to drive home the point in this show, the storyline of the importance of of how things are changing at the time of WCW, and what you know a lot was changing on screen, but a lot was changing behind the scenes as well. Um, you know, with uh, w- w- with talent and uh, management, obviously with Russo and Bischoff coming in and 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 taking over, and uh, you know here's a, here's another change to 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 this setting, the Wall, um, who we mentioned earlier. Um, he was one of those guys that they were going to really feature heavily, um, as a part of the, uh, the, the, the new blood millionaires club storyline. He was a he was a solid performer. Um, pretty big guy.
2: Oh, Sid kicked out and Sting just flying to land on top of referee Nick Patrick. That was
1: probably one of the worst ref, ref bumps I've ever seen. Another stinger <laughs> splash into the corner. And oh, ooh, he, he misses. misses Sid kicked to the gut. Go- oh, here we go. Nope. Setting up for that power bomb. And the wall's coming in the ring. He's got the chair and oh. bam. And here was the other thing too that like, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it was around this time. I want to say this was at, it was at the pay-per-view. Oh yeah. Wait a minute before we get to that wall setting up. Looks like we're going to see some kind of choke slam through the table. Oh, that was ugly. That was really ugly. Oh, my God. WCW security getting their money's worth tonight. Let me tell you, <laughs> all the shit they've had to break up. You see <laughs> Doug Dillinger with uh, the rest of his his staff. Doug Dillinger, Dillinger a uh, a former Charlotte cop, I want to say. Yeah, I mean. He was
2: a re- he was a real police officer. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, Bobby Heaton in his shooting interview said, mentioned about Doug Schilder And they asked him, you know what he did for a living as a cop? He drove motorcycles at the funerals.
1: Really? Yeah. For like for like police funerals? Like if a yeah. policeman died like he, he would he would ride the motorcycle at the funeral? Yeah. Also he was a motorcycle cop. Interesting. As uh, Sid has now been counted out which means Sting is going to go on to win this match and face Diamond Dallas Page later in the evening to determine who will be the rightful number 1 contender to the vacant wcw world heavyweight championship no mark madden but we have tony Schiavone and scott hudson here in the booth scott hudson's probably telling all the viewers at home like i can't explain this bullshit i'm not writing this stuff it's certainly bischoff and russo but we're forced to call it so please bear with us folks
2: <laughs> and yeah, you can see Tony Schiavone, you know, like going through the papers. and
1: He's trying to find what format they're at and what part of the show they're on because he's probably lost too. He's like, fans, I don't know what to tell you, but this is the greatest night in the history of our sport. That'll put some butts in the seats. <laughs> yeah, we all know where that line came from. Yeah. The famous Mick Foley, uh, yeah. you know, line from the, the, the night he won the title. Tell you
2: Mick Foley did have a very uh interesting story about that, you know, when you know Oh wait, Flair's back again? Ooh. Jesus. <laughs>
3: Where's all the women at, baby? I ain't done fucking you. Come on out, Danny. That includes you franchise. I don't know who you are, I don't know what your name is, all I know is that they call you a franchise, Danny, and I'll tell you right now, I heard you have been talking shit about me on some little show that takes place from inside of a goddamn tuna can called ECW, I'll tell you right now, hey, you're at the big time, lights on bright, you want the nature boy, you want the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, you want the man, you want to ride Space Mountain Danny, like all the ladies, then you come on down, that's right, baby, you come on down, internet champion, and you show me what you got,
1: woo! that's what Ric Flair said <laughs> oh wait I mean, woo! come on baby that's
3: right you and me Space Mountain internet champion versus NWA World Heavyweight champion daddy tonight
1: because I guess he couldn't have accomplished that in the promo earlier in the evening but he threw a whole big jar of candy. Look at that thing. Oh oh, anyway. oh, oh,
3: push off. I'm going to find you, you little piece of shit. And he's still looking. Oh, he's... there he is. Oh, oh he's got... Oh, oh, where are they, Backstreet Boys? You tell me where they are. <laughs> I'm going to eat their asses alive because I'm hungry, dude.
1: Let's see what's coming up. Yeah, I think next is the um, the Jeff Jarrett Kurt Henning match to determine which one of them is going to move on to. Oh, nope, never mind. This is this is scenes from the Ready to Rumble red carpet premiere. Oh, was that Sable?
2: Yeah, yeah it really what was. What's she
1: doing there? Beats me. Vampiro, Michael Buffer, and. Uh all the uh what was that uh, Jason Harvey Eric Bischoff's uh business partner yeah Jeff Jarrett David Arquette Sting DDP oh David Arquette blast Jeff Jarrett with a guitar yeah <laughs> it looks like they looks like it was the 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 precursor to um what we would see about a month later when David Arquette would become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion have you seen any of David Arquette's uh uh wrestling matches currently because uh, he's out there on the indie scene wrestling.
2: No, I never seen him.
1: Okay. I never so, seen him at all, he's but. actually not bad. He's getting better. He's been training. Um I don't know who's training him at the time, but um he did he he got himself involved in like a death match um during Survivor Series weekend for uh I forget the name of the promotion, but the wrestler's name was Nick Cage and he was a he's a pretty prominent um wrestler in the death match scene on the independent level. Yeah. And um, he cut his throat open. Yeah, I heard they about to, that. They had to stop the match. Yep. Um, and, uh, it was, it was very controversial. You could find the clip probably, I'm sure, on YouTube or Google. If you uh, just Google, uh, uh, David Arquette, Nick Cage. But, uh, Arquette's wrestled, uh, uh, for Northeast Wrestling. Um, and I believe at the end of this month, he's going to have a match for Northeast Wrestling in Danbury, Connecticut against, uh, King Brian Anthony. Um... So uh Arquette's been uh he's been uh trying to do it right and try to uh you know in some ways rewrite his chapter in wrestling because of course when you think of David Arquette in professional wrestling you think of when he won the WCW World Heavyweight title and you know most wrestling fans um would find it to be rather silly, stupid, even embarrassing. Um what's not embarrassing is this individual here, Kurt Henning, the former Mr. Perfect, um, who's making his way to the ring as he's set to face Jeff Jarrett? Winner of this match will go on to Spring Stampede to compete for the WCW World Title, we And we're off. Fight out on the floor. Of course, you know, Kurt Henning's still got the gum chewing
2: in his mouth, and he. Won't be able to get a chance to spit out the gum and just
1: spit it and whack it. Oh, his old his old signature there uh, with the you know the, the spit the gum and then you know it, it goes flying into the audience.
2: Yeah, I think he called it the the perfect gum. If that's what it, he called it, dude, is that have you heard that before? Or are you just taking a guess? Um, I heard the from the uh, commentators like Gruel Monsoon would just, would just say it mentioned. Oh that.
1: yeah, I never heard that before, but I'm sure, I'm sure you know it's a. Uh i'm I'm sure it was a thing you know short lived at one point um whipping him outside the ringside area here oh,
2: those two are like second generation wrestlers
1: yep of course we all know uh Kurt henning and uh you know the 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 son of larry the axe henning um and uh his his son. Joe Henning, who is known as Curtis Axel, currently in the WWE, part of the B team with Bo Dallas. Um, you know that poor kid; he's a talented wrestler, but I felt like he was snake bit from the beginning when they made his. They made him portray the name Michael McGillicuddy. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty bad. Um, like I said, hell of a performer. You know, um, in ring, like he's got the tools in ring like he's he's that good in the ring that they trusted him to help train the rock for his match against john cena at wrestlemania a number of years ago um but for whatever reason his character just hasn't really stuck like he went from being michael mcgillicuddy and then they put him with paul Heyman um as as curtis axel and that didn't really work um i kind of like the team he had with ryback for a brief period in time but um I don't know. I just, he's, he's the kind of guy that I feel like if his contract were to ever come up and I don't know what his contract status is, but he's the kind of guy that could probably do really well on the independent level. Like maybe go to an all elite wrestling or go to like new Japan or something. Um, because I think he, I think he's, we haven't seen the best of Joe Henning, so to speak. Yeah. Cause um, WWE is not giving him a, a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course we know Jeff Jarrett Second generation wrestler His father Jerry Jarrett Famous promoter Grand, um I believe is, is uh, His grandmother Christine Jarrett uh, Also a famous promoter as well um, What's this here? Wait, is that oh, Wait a minute Is that Sean Stasiak? That is Sean Stasiak He was once known as Meat In the World Wrestling Federation And he had signed with WCW Not too long before this Yeah and, and another
2: second-generation wrestler.
1: Yeah, another second-generation. His father, Stan Stasiak, with the heart punch, was the World Wrestling Federation champion for a brief period of time. The WWWF champion, I should say. Um, but, yeah, this looks like they're trying to... Uh, they're, they're, yeah, here we go. Another. Oh, oh they're doing, doing it. They're doing the Mr. Perfect thing, yep. Yeah. Stasiak is going to kind of portray that gimmick. Oh, one elbow took out two guys because that makes a whole lot of sense. Oh, and there's Stasiak now in the ring getting involved. Um, yeah, this is when they gave Sean Stasiak the Mr. Perfect character, but they called him Perfect Sean. <laughs> and I don't know what they're trying to do here. Oh, God, that was awful. Oh, God, that that was worse. Yeah, that was terrible. Referee knocked out Stasiak out of there. Oof, that was brutal. Just make the cover and let's get the shit over with. Yeah. See even well, perf- he- even perfect was like, fuck that, I'm not going out like that. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that did that that didn't go well. Yeah. Stasiak was supposed to execute whatever that finishing move was better than uh better than uh, he did there. And this looks like this is the finish here. Jeff Jarrett delivering the stroke to Kurt Henning. One, two, three, little nature. Counting the three as Jeff Jarrett has now moved on to Spring Stampede in six days to compete for the vacant WCW World Heavyweight title. You damn right. I'm the champion. I'm going to be the champion. This is going to be around my waist because I'm the chosen one. Mr. Slapnut. Jeff Jarrett now currently working behind the scenes for WWE as an agent. Um, the founder of TNA wrestling. Um yeah, oh, Bischoff. Oh, I'm gonna find you, dude. Well, oh, what the heck is this? He's going in the skybox? Taunting the fans? Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> I'll tell you something, man, these guys they can't they this this is like the world's worst game of hide and seek. All night long, Flair and Hogan have been looking for Russo and Bischoff and Shane Douglas and here's Kevin Nash. I don't know what he's looking for um, with the, on, the, on, on his cell phone there, but uh, well, probably talking to his wife or kids or Scott Hall. <laughs> hey Scott. Yeah, you coming. All right, I'll see you there. Sting. You pass Sid? Now you're going to wrestle Diamond Dallas Page. And who knows what the fuck happens after that. But you're going to be competing for the WCW title. Let me tell you something, Gene. I've been here for a long time. And when I say long time, I mean longer than I can remember. But a long time is still a good time. And that means it's showtime, folks. (laughs) Yeah. um, That's probably what Sting would have said, too, in the year 2000. But... um, less talk more action is what this show needs for sure we've seen a lot of seen a lot of talking and uh, not enough action as uh you know it looks like flair's flair's making his way out to the ringside area because he's going to have his match with the internet wrestling champion the franchise shane douglas because flair been looking for russo all night long like i said april 10th the year 2000 wcw monday nitro the night that bischoff and russo shook things up and uh you know changed the landscape of wcw not only on screen but behind the scenes as well and um also to be known as the worst game the world's worst game of hide and go seek so um if any of you guys out there ever uh you know in your free time have the opportunity to play hide and go seek with hulk hogan or rick flair you're guaranteed to win because those fucking guys can't find anybody they know how they they know they know how to to get to the bank cuz they've been there plenty of times all the money they've put in it and taken out for the, the the their years in the in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. That's for damn sure.
2: Yeah, and sometimes you know they get paid whether they show up or not.
1: That's right. But if they do show up they get paid more at least in some people's contract like Hogan. Someone who shouldn't have shown up was this guy right here, Shane Douglas. Um this looks like uh, no wrestling gear. They're coming out in their 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 dress slacks and their their best uh their best uh dressy shirts.
2: Look at Shane Douglas's shirt, I mean like he's always all gold or yellow and, and black uh, and all yeah, that. Yeah, it
1: looks like he um he raided the Rock's closet in two thousand. <laughs> That's something that the Rock would have worn. The Rock with his five hundred dollars shirts as he liked to claim. <laughs> action making its way out to the foot Come on, Dick Flair. Irish whip into the guardrail and chopped by Flair.
2: Although he's wearing his sh- his shirt still.
1: Yeah, like this was a period in time too where like I don't know if they did oh, this. I don't know he... if they did this by design or if like Flair was not confident enough to wear his ring gear. But Flair for a few months, Flair would wear his dress clothes.
2: I remember in his matches. Yeah, especially yeah, I think in one of his matches, you know, he did when he when I guess he probably won the world championship when Oh, another
1: shot to Oop. the dong right there by Ric Flair. He's ripping. This isn't a tuxedo match, folks. For those of you that are watching, Flair is not stripping his clothes off in order to win. He's just uh, he's just doing it so he can lice into him right there with a chop.
2: Yes, of course, it ain't mid South wrestling when they had those old fashioned tuxedo matches.
1: That's right, yeah. Mid South, wow, you're taking it back, old squad. That, that was a good one, Daryl. That was a good one, Mid South. Yeah, Jim Cornette. The holy junk- cow, junkyard dog, Teddy Biasi and Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a coal miner's gloves, steel cage, tuxedo, loser leaves town match. If if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. That I was mean... that was a thing. <laughs> of course,
2: I remember the. Uh the street fight match between Junkyard Dog versus Butch Reed. And, uh, and they didn't have to wear their wrestling gear. They would just wear, like, street clothes, jeans, boots, and T-shirts and all that stuff. Wow. Of course, Jr. you know, in the, in the Mid-South DVD, he would do the commentary for some of the matches because some of those matches weren't even commentary. And, uh, of course, he would just, like... Oh, on that Mid-South DVD? Yeah. Really? In some of those matches.
1: Okay. Interesting. Very interesting.
2: Yeah, especially... Yeah, I mean, Ric Flair also had a really good match against uh, Terry Taylor in one of those in the Mid-South Wrestling.
1: Uh, You know, that's one of the the sections of the network. There's a few sections of the network I haven't really gotten into. I want to do more um, uh, of things I haven't seen before and incorporate it into this show. Um, At some point later in this year, I'm probably going to do a few watch-alongs or watch parties, I should say, of... uh, Someone, oh, here we go, speaking of look who's uh, late to the party Oh, here comes Vince, the Vince Russo with that baseball bat Yeah,
2: yeah he, he probably got that baseball bat from Sting's dressing room
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he stole it from there But um, at some point I do want to incorporate Oh, Ooh. Vince uh, Russo Damn Harry, he said it earlier, he goes I'm gonna, you know, wipe the shit off my shoe and flush <laughs> it down the toilet personally And Jane, looks like he's starting with Ric Flair <laughs> uh, Telling Ric
2: Flair that he's a tough guy <laughs> Oh, it just remind me of Casino at the end of that movie when they just beat down Joe Pesci and oh, his that's brother. That's right, in the cornfield, yeah. They you strip. and your
1: brother are tough guys, <laughs> huh? You fucking scumbag
2: <laughs> Frankie, you piece of shit.
3: <laughs> Don't kill him, Frankie. He's still ble he's still breathing. <laughs> still breathing, leave him alone. Frankie
1: <laughs> Alright, strip him down. That was good. That was good. But yeah, there's more I I there's more there's more things I'd like to um. I'd like to accomplish on this show by uh you know things I haven't watched things I've I haven't exposed myself to that I'd like to have our listeners be oh, involved you with you know like stuff from mid-south maybe even smoky mountain wrestling um world class a lot of stuff I haven't watched um or stuff I don't remember watching that I have Oh, there you go everyone's yeah. everyone's doing a crotch chop it's year 2000 we yeah, all he do stole it from chop.
2: The, he took it from DX yeah. and of course he stole Ric Flair's uh, thousand dollar rolex watch you yeah see- that's
3: right yeah yeah right there right there yeah suck it yeah yeah yeah
2: okay
1: russo we get it you know it's from dx you yeah know? ridiculous <laughs> everyone was stealing everyone's shit back in the day it was ridiculous yeah but yeah uh, this is the beginning of another rivalry with you know rick flair and uh and, and shane douglas and there he is yeah, big sexy the big man kevin nash Set to uh, make his way to the ring hobbling on crutches as we see the replay. Sponsored by Wendy's, Monterey Ranch Chicken. Oh, shot to the ribs by Vince Russo. Oh, and right to the gut. Douglas gets his wax in with the ball bat (laughs) to the nature boy. Internet champion putting down the NWA champion. There's Russo robbing Flair of his Rolex. Because Russo apparently needs a watch to tell time. Because he doesn't know how much time The actual wrestling has consumed This show because it's been basically all talk
2: <laughs> Yeah it's like running It's like a bunch of uh,
1: kindergartners, you know running the place Yeah pretty much that, that's what it was like From what I hear um, When it came to the, the, the Organization or lack thereof From WCW Here's Kevin Nash he's got to do something different Because he can't hobble his big ass down the ramp So he's mm-hmm. going to have to make his way down with with crutches he was he was out for a number of months with a broken foot um, so you know he's he's coming back here part of this Nitro um, he's kind of uh, at this point you know an island unto himself he hasn't really established himself he's obviously not a a new blood member um, but he hasn't really established himself as a part of this millionaires club so to speak um, so we're gonna find out you know what exactly Kevin where Kevin Nash stands. At this time. But um, before this evening, he was part of that rechristened NWO, that like silver and black with Jeff Jarrett, Hall, Steiner, and uh, Bret Hart. Um, And he was the commissioner of WCW at one point. Um, Oh boy, that was short lived. Yeah. Very short lived
2: because it didn't work. Yeah. And I mean, they thought it would work, but, you know?
1: No, it wasn't. I mean, of course. I thought a- I thought there was potential for it to, to work because you know, he was an established guy and um the night that he won it was the night that Benoit beat Sid for the belt. Yeah. And they closed that pay per view. It sold out with Nash saying, you know, you know, at midnight I'm the boss and I'm gonna make your life a living hell now that you're the champion and then Benoit walked out of the company and they had to reshuffle the deck and, and change things up. Um but Nash was still the commissioner. and then he got injured and he was off tv um and during the time period he was off tv um scott hall had um had uh you know left the company he was still under contract but um he got hurt and then uh wcw management would not bring him back um because he had had some personal issues with drinking and drugs, and I believe he dated Brad Siegel's niece. Brad Siegel was, you know, higher up in, in, Turner management. And, um, that relationship didn't work out. And I think that caused some, some issues between Brad Siegel and, uh, and scott hall and therefore uh scott hall you know his last appearance on television for wcw was the super brawl 2000 pay-per-view but they were teasing him a lot on this show as well as you know future episodes of nitro and pay-per-views with nash's involvement i believe nash even brings up scott hall's name in this promo um talking about their time together in the wwf working for vince russo I believe at one point during this promo, he said that him and Scott Hall saved Russo from Shawn Michaels beating him up, um, which is probably true because we've heard some crazy stories about Shawn Michaels. But um, Kevin Nash, one of my all-time favorites, I just thought he was always cool. Um, I've met him a few times. He seems like a pretty cool guy. He's the kind of guy I'd like to hang out with. Um, Yeah, same here. Just very laid back, but, you know, funny and, you know, he's got like a – he's the kind of guy that like reminds me of like the person that sits at the end of the bar and keeps to himself and has a few drinks but if you talk to him and you get to know him you you'd really kind of like him he's the kind of guy that you could just see yourself hanging out with Um, except he's you know he's a monster he's seven feet tall Um, yeah i've met like i said met nash a couple times cool guy funny as hell yeah to me Nash is the kind of guy that I would like to play basketball with because he played basketball. Yep, University of Tennessee. He was he, that was his that was his his uh his main goal, objective. He wanted to play pro ball, NBA, and he uh he had some some issues with his knees in football, or I'm sorry, in basketball, I should say. Yeah. And uh he could no longer um play at a at an elite level and uh he turned to wrestling. Um I think I want to say he played a little bit of pro ball over in Europe. I could be wrong, but, uh, yeah, he turned to wrestling and, uh, he was trained by, um, the uh, Jody Hamilton. Yeah. Bring your balls. That's what he just said. I don't know who he's talking to, but, um, somebody who brought a big set of balls oh. here coming in from behind is the ECW champion, Mike awesome, who just a few days prior walked out on ecw as their heavyweight champion and you you know that story right there yeah
2: i remember watching it that night and i was shocked and i'm just like what the hell is he doing i mean and like and i'm just i was just like so confused like what the hell is he doing here he's ecw champion and uh you know he you know he was a guy i enjoy watching ecw because he's six foot six he's got like the uh the haircut with the mullet and all that stuff And and he power bombs Opponents through tables and all that stuff
1: He was pretty fun to watch He was pretty exciting His style of wrestling for a big guy was pretty cool I liked Mike Awesome um, I, I I liked I, I didn't like all of his w- I think WCW fucked up his run When they brought him in in the beginning Like this Bischoff where are you That's it I'm gonna come to your house
3: You better be waiting Cause I'm gonna be there brother you got me? I'm gonna eat your ass alive,
1: dude. But back to the Mike Awesome front here as we see Hulk Hogan uh probably telling Jimmy Hart Jimmy Hart, that's right, get my bags. He, he's pushing the cameraman out of the limo. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, here. The infamous White Hummer has returned. If you remember, those of you wrestling historians out there watching, um That's right. The White Hummer was um part of a storyline in WCW where it ran, uh, ran into uh, Kevin Nash's limo We never knew who the driver was I mean they
2: accused Sting a bunch of times yep, They
1: accused Sting, they accused Randy Savage They accused Hogan Yeah, they even accused Hogan of, of being in the That's right, I forgot about that They accused Hogan of driving the White Hummer And, and it comes it? to find out that it's this man here Eric right. Bischoff Well, He drove the White Hummer all along And you can see Billy Kidman accompany him Yep Took out the Hulkster look at that how about that continuity for wcw storylines oh my god yeah back to they're showing the replay here but let me just touch upon briefly um the mike awesome situation uh from what i remember hearing um he he wasn't under contract with wcw or with ecw um he was working on some sort of like handshake agreement and he decided to leave he was the champion and um he was just going to show up on Nitro with the belt, and Paul Heyman found out, and they worked out some sort of an agreement ECW did with WCW because they they, they threatened to sue him. Paul Heyman threatened to sue and said, you know, um, oh, wait a minute, here we go. Oh, oh we're doing the, the signature tagging with the spray paint, except this time it's not NWO, it's New Blood. blood. The New Blood, yeah. Look- <laughs> oh, the paramedics, you know, are still... Strapping him while they're spray painting yeah, him. Yeah, still got to do their job, you know. Oh, what and I mean? that medic's got tattoos on his arms. Gotta take, gotta take him to the hospital. You know what I mean? Still got to do your job. Um, but yeah, um, they made some sort of an agreement for Awesome to appear on Nitro, where they were supposed to announce him as the ECW champion. They were going to announce, you know, they were they were supposed to promote the pay per view and say, you could see Mike Awesome at this next pay-per-view, but for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And we saw... um, We just... They they only announced him as the ECW champion, Mike Awesome. They didn't say anything about the pay-per-view, but yeah, from what I heard, Paul Heyman and his attorneys sued, or were threatening to sue WCW, and WCW came up with an agreement with them where um, you know, like I said, mentioned that he's the ECW champion. I think they gave... I think they... They settled for, like, an undisclosed amount of money, but it was in, like, such a short period of time um, that uh, it didn't really matter at the end of the day. And then Mike Awesome eventually would uh, would um, drop the ECW title to Taz, who at the time was a contracted WWF star on an ECW show. It was history-making. I don't think it's ever been done ever since. Um Yeah, so that was pretty interesting here, as we see the finals of this one-night tournament. Diamond, Dallas Page, and Sting—the winner—facing Jeff Jarrett for the WCW World Heavyweight Title at the Pay Per View Spring Stampede, um, following this event in six days.
2: Yeah, you can see Sting, you know, coming out into the ring. You know, he's wearing the jacket, and you can see his face paint, you know, starting to come off during the the first match, and.
1: yeah, he's, uh, I kind of like that jacket with the little scorpion on the back. I mean, the leather jackets are always cool, but, um, I like that long little trench coat. And even that hair length for Sting, I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't like him when he was in the Wolfpack. I did not like Wolfpack Sting at all. What did you think about Wolfpack Sting?
2: I hated it and liked it. I hated it because, you know, it's like, you know, they took away Sting's, uh, main event, you know, re- Repush, you know, when he was t- when he was reinventing himself as the Crow. Yep. You know, he wasn't wrestling a lot. He was just like, you know, standing next to fans at the arenas and coming, and he would be coming down to the rafters and everything. And of course, you know, Sting wins the belt, you know, from Hogan, and he gets an opportunity to defend it. And then after he loses it, you know he he gets on the he gets pushed back to the main card, and um, you know they just put him in with a uh, a new staple that they felt like could work. But uh the other th- the only thing I liked about it is that Sting got to talk a little more. Yeah. Because you know, Sting would always, you know
1: He wouldn't say much when he was wearing the black and white, but when he was with the red and black he was he, he seemed like more like of the old Sting.
2: Yeah, that's the only thing I liked about it.
1: Yeah. Jeff Jarrett here on commentary with Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson scouting out his competition for the pay per view. it's been an interesting episode of that. Oh, he launched him out of there. Holy cow. Look at that. Oh, look at Sting. He's like, not today, buddy. Not today. Hopefully uh, a referee can restore order. Looks like he has, and we are off. This is not one of their better matches, I will say. Um, I do recall a match they had in, I want to say, Fargo, South Dakota, North Dakota. It was on an episode of Nitro a year prior to this when uh, Sting won the WCW title. If you go back and watch that, you can find it on the network. I believe it was in April of 99, April the 26th, 1999. Yeah. And Sting bl- defeated DDP for the world title, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that was the same night I went to my very first Monday Night Raw in Hartford, Connecticut.
2: That's right, and I remember... Uh, Back then when there was VHS's, you know, you wanted me to record uh, Monday Night Raw. And then when yeah. I found out that Sting was wrestling DDP that night, I said, I got to see this match. I got to see this match before, I, before I'm before i forced to go to bed. Yeah. And then whenever it went to commercial, I would just like pause it and I would just flip through the channel and just oh, see that's what's right. happening. Yep. And I then remember, of course. I used
1: to have you record all that stuff for me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had fuck. like
2: hundreds of tapes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I tried to create the WWE network before there was ever such a thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure a I lot of people. I tried to be have. the fucking WWE network. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm sure
2: there were a lot of like you who were trying to create the WWE network. I mean, I tried to create the TNA network when TNA went on national TV, because I used to record videotapes, as you
1: remember. That's, e- that's right. Even the pay-per-views. Yep. The, we- they- the Wednesday night pay-per-views when they used to be, um, you know, every Wednesday night in the beginning were from the from the old uh, Nashville Fairgrounds. Which, by the way, I just found out that that building is. Uh, is is getting torn down. Oh, the old the old uh, TNA asylum? Oh my god. Yeah, it no longer exists or it's not going to exist anymore. Um oh. I think in the next couple months they're going to tear it down.
2: Oh, it's a shame.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they held a lot of wrestling over the years. Um uh I know Jerry Jarrett and even uh, Christine Jarrett used to promote uh pro wrestling at the old Nashville Fairgrounds for decades and then of course Jeff Jarrett with TNA um creating you know that organization oh Ooh. right hand by page two mr yeah. jeff chair is oh Ooh. what is this vampiro oh, the brother in paint has turned on him you know what i found funny about this was that they tagged up once like they they tagged up once together um on a nitro a few weeks prior and when vampiro just did this they tried to make it seem like they were best friends forever like Sorry, you're only together for like a week. You weren't that close, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, how do you expect me to believe that shit? Come on, now. Because you guys have paint on your face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just they, they, the brothers in paint. Vampiro turned on Sting. I was like, they only tagged once. That's not that big of a deal. Like, TDP <laughs> looking to capitalize. Ugh, diamond one cutter. Of the ugliest diamond cutters I've ever seen. One, two, two, three, and your winner. And going on to Spring Stampede to face to face, Jeff Jarrett for the WCW World Heavyweight title is this man, Diamond Dallas Page. Turn around, monkey, so you can see the camera, dude. Wrong side, man. Nobody wants to see your back. Oh, wait a Whoop. minute. Boom! Boom. Yeah, because Kimberly wasn't waiting for that one. <laughs> she probably didn't know that she was gonna get one. Oh, she looked like it when she was covering her face before DDP even ducked. <laughs> Look at that way to way to draw them in, make us want to buy the pay per view. And actually, I ended up buying this pay per view because I was very interested in seeing, uh, you know, how it was gonna uh, unfold. Because Better I was fact, very optimistic. Yeah, Do I You remember... see, she ducks right. there. Yep. Oh yeah. Boom. She had her hands up before Paige even ducked. She knew it was coming.
2: And she didn't go down straight on her back. She just went down on her knees.
1: Yeah, well, she couldn't bump with a dress like that. you know, Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Look at that. Whew, man. Oh, look at those Man range. alive. Holy cow. Kimberly, Kimberly. How do I miss thee? Oh! Yow! Another shot. Another replay here. Dead on. How many times are we going to show this? For Christ's sakes, we get it. You hit her in the head with a guitar. Oh, my goodness. Are they trying to kill time? Like, what's going on? He's going to carry her back. Who could...
2: This isn't the first time we've seen a, a wrestler look, carry a woman barely back. Carry her. Look at her. Oh, my God. You would think she's dead. That he, that was your wife, man.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh. Bischoff, Russo, Jarrett backstage. You know, enjoying the the... Uh, the, the The festivities that had taken place.
2: They really think it was going to be a good rainy?
1: Oh, here we go. He's back out again. (laughs) So they're going to send him out here to celebrate. I guess this is how we're going to end this show. He's out here to celebrate that he just waffled Kimberly in the head with the guitar and celebrate that he's going to Spring Stampede to compete for the WCW World Heavyweight title. Now, you know... We talked about a little bit about Jarrett and TNA. Uh, what were your thoughts on Jeff Jarrett in TNA as the NWA World Champion well, and, see... and his time as and and his time running the company?
2: Well, I have to say, you know, he was a great heel, and he real he really could sell. You know, the fans, you know, hating this guy so much because you know they knew that he was you know the co-founder of the business, and he gets all the creative control about his character and what he will do. And and, you know and especially you know he would he would have the belt you know yep
1: I do remember I do remember yep more pyro
2: and of course you know he
1: didn't get enough
2: he gets two fingers up in the air
1: yeah I didn't get that whole you know put your two fingers up in the air
2: What's that supposed to, I mean what is that supposed to mean Jeff yeah of course he'll come out and say I am the chosen one. And hey, why don't you choke on that, slack nuts?
1: That's right. That's right. That's Yeah, way I ahead. enjoyed Jarrett and TNA. I liked some of the stuff he did with, like, Monty Brown, um, Jeff Hardy, um, you know, the early days of TNA when he was the NWA world champion. One of my favorite Jeff Jarrett matches, um, especially in TNA, was in um 2003 when he wrestled raven, oh that was really um, the best. it was a really good match really good that match. was
2: probably one of the best rivalries in the early days of t n
1: a yeah i would have to say so um because raven was fresh off of getting- released from w w e and he was um he you know he he was looking to to really prove himself that he was worth something and t n a snatched him up and i really enjoyed some of the stuff that raven did in t n a um Oh wait! Oh, here comes DDP. DDP,
2: back. Right hand by DDP. Another one, right hand. A Boom. third one, and here comes a fourth,
3: oh, fourth
1: one. one. Oh, look at that! Boom! I have a feeling they they they, they cut this segment. They put the segment out there because they needed time to go. Co- oh, Scott Steiner! Ooh, big Papa Pump coming in to get his licks from Diamond Dallas Page. I felt like they they did this to kill time because they either ran too short or they didn't. You know yeah they're in too short on time but oh wait a minute there comes lex Fle- luger lexi lexi that's right the total package actually yeah the total package with his 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 fubu baseball jersey oh buff
0: daddy Ooh, clothesline We're by let me get him
1: some of lex looks like that millionaires club getting a piece oh vampiro and the wall are in new blood back at the advantage over the millionaires club Rick Flair, nowhere to be found. Hulk Hogan, on his way to the hospital. Sid, who knows where he is. Sting, where's he been? It's just...
2: Just the new blood, you know. Coming new blood, to take. Oh, oh,
1: there he is. Never mind. Sting's back. Here comes the man who just. Oh, another shot to the dong, and another shot. Sting with them right hands and a kick, and yeah. another right hand. Yeah, and come on, right Sting. Hand. Clean and house. Right Go to work. And a kick, and a right hand. A buff. The wall gets one. Steiner gets one. The wall gets it again. Oh, there oh. goes one for Vampiro. Yeah, come
2: on, Sting. Take oh, Vampiro right, and out. The dong. Concentrate, and T Boom.
1: and Ernest the Cap Miller, and it looks like the. The, the the major players of the new blood are uh dominating this millionaires' club on this rebooted edition of w c w monday nitro the stroke by jeff Jarrett oh Boom. the d d p chaos unfolding and it's and, and this seems very apropos that this ends this episode of Nitro because i felt like the Nitros following this with this New Blood Millionaire's Club storyline was very chaotic. The storylines just seemed very all over the place and very out there. Um, what did you think?
2: Uh, it, that was probably, to me, I think, you know, the one of the most boring Monday Nitros I've ever seen. This one? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, there wasn't enough matches. I mean, all it was was just backstage uh, scenes and, you know, and, and all that By stuff. By
1: talking in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I could see why you would think that way. And, you know, it, it, I, I mean, hopefully hopefully the listeners that are listening to this, that are watching this, don't feel that this episode was boring. Hopefully we made it entertaining for you as we see Bischoff and Russo on stage here um, sal- saluting, applauding um, the new blood and their efforts on um, this, this relaunched Monday Nitro here as we see. Oh, look at this. Was and this coming? was kind of cool to end the show. I'll say this, Bret Hart. You know, in a way, yeah. There
2: was like, you know, it was just like you know Bret coming out.
1: Yeah, like and, this was kind of cool. They didn't do anything with it as we close up with this Nitro. Um, yeah, they didn't really do anything with it, but it was uh, it was certainly. Um, it was certainly intriguing the way they ended the show. Is we we're we're all set here with Nitro episode number two thirty eight, um, April the tenth two thousand. Uh, this was a Daryl. You felt this was a boring episode of Nitro. I would I I I won't argue that with you because i could see why you would feel that way um but this was the last time that wcw would would reboot their storylines and and uh make a, a strong go of it and not too long after that probably 11 months later um in march of 2001 the wwf would end up buying wcw and wrestling would change forever um thanks so much for being a part of this this was a lot of fun i had fun watching this with you um and, uh, of course, you are welcome back anytime. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you and I got something planned in the very near future when it comes to um, uh, a special uh, special bonus episode. I'm not going to give anything away just yet, but uh, I got something planned for you and I. To, uh, to, to, to put out there for all the listeners of Kicking Out it too. And next week, we're going to continue with the WCW theme as we're going to be bringing you the very first Trading Places edition of WCW Spring Stampede 1994. We're going to take all the what-if scenarios of each and every match from that event, flip the results, and see where these superstars, these characters, where they would have landed moving forward following this Spring St- Stampede event. You had Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair, the Nasty Boys against Cactus Jack and Max, Pain, Vader against the boss, Sting and Rick Rude, all that and so much more. All the what ifs. What if Ricky Steamboat won the World Heavyweight Title? What if Sting did not defeat Rick Rude for the WCW International Title? We're going to get into all those what-if scenarios in a realistic fashion with our Trading Places series. The very first Trading Places where we cover WCW, and then in two weeks, our poll winner of our Spring Stampede Watch Party. Um, The winner of that poll was determined, uh, you know, over the course of the last few weeks. And Spring Stampede 1997 won out the poll. So uh, in two weeks, we're going to have ourselves a Spring Stampede 1997 watch party here on Kicking Out at 2. So have your WWE network ready to go for that. Daryl, thanks a lot once again for being here. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks, man. And, uh, you know, I think it's about time that we put this show down for the three count. There's no more false finishes. There's no more Russo finishes or Russo swerves or Bischoff swerves. We will see you all next week.